What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Bucks, and we're going to have our final sound off on EuroBasket and what happened with Team Greece over the last few weeks. And uh, now that their tournament is over, uh, we do shift to the NBA, which brings us to big questions about the Bucks. We've got a couple of questions that we're going to ask as we uh, are now only two weeks away, two and a half weeks away from the preseason starting, and then getting into the NBA. So it's time to shift our focus back to the Bucks. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Monday to Friday, and also find some other stuff over at ESPN. Alongside me is the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that's brought to you by Bet Online. We'll have a bit more about Bet Online later, uh, but they've got you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online where the game starts. And uh, plenty of feedback after the Greece lost the other day, Frank. And we, we thank everyone for listening to the podcast, watching the podcast, getting involved. And really, over the last month, teaching us a little bit about this Greek team and some of the players that uh, could have impacted this run for Greece. So we really appreciate everyone listening to this, Frank. But I I did a bit of a solo pod after they lost to Germany the other day. Uh, But before we get into the NBA stuff and the big questions for the Bucs, which I think is going to be an interesting chat, uh, sound off on Eurobasket, Frank. Uh, Thoughts, reactions, regrets? I've had a few. Um, yeah, we were, you know, we were hoping to make this my big fat Greek Euro basket, uh, yes. where Greece and Giannis take home uh, take home the gold. Alas, you know, it wasn't meant to be, and uh, Giannis certainly not without company among NBA superstars. With Jokic going out, uh, Luca going out within 24 hours as well, and um, you know, some some of the old school uh, European powers, especially, you know, France and Spain um, going to the semis uh, and obviously Germany as, as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously disappointed for Giannis, Thanasis, Kostas, and the rest of the Greek team disappointed for all of our fellow Greek Bucks fans slash fellow Bucks fans who just are now Greek basketball fans because, you know, as, as long as we're getting to see basketball, right, um, it's fun rooting for Giannis and, and that team. And uh, I will say quickly to to that point, I did like that a, a lot of our Greek friends even clearly a little bit pissed off about the result and disappointed and upset, but we still got a lot of comments saying, all right, now it's time to win another NBA championship. So, you know, yeah. the focus shifts. <clears throat> yeah. And I, it's, it's weird. I, I mean, I think a lot about Giannis's legacy and it's been a really fun thing to think about since they won the championship just because of, given where he is, I mean, yes, he only has only one championship, but where he is in his career, the laundry list of accomplishments, including that championship and that historic performance in the finals, um, you know, what what, what would a Eurobasket gold medal have meant? I don't know. I mean, probably to the average fan, probably not a lot, but I think it would have been awesome. 
uh, and you would have just obviously been really happy. And I'm, I'm still obviously will cross my fingers that at some point, um, he gets to win, you know, a major, at least some, some type of medal for Greece. Obviously they have not been competing at that very highest level. And, you know, there's going to be the FIBA world cup. There will be hopefully Olympic tournament opportunities, um, for him to, to maybe have another chance at it. Obviously, Eurobasket tends to be a very favorable thing in terms mm-hmm. of winning a gold medal because you don't have to play, you know, you know, you know you're not going to have to play the United States uh, and as good as Europe is, right? I mean, yeah, and Australia, right? Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is obviously a tournament that you would you would love to win. I mean, Luka Doncic has, has already won a Eurobasket, right, at a very young age, but I don't think anybody looks at his legacy and is like, well, he's he doesn't need to win an NBA championship. He has a Eurobasket with Slovenia, right? I mean... Obviously, in terms of sort of especially American slash NBA fans, um, it doesn't have as, as much value, but it would have been awesome, would have been awesome just for what that would have meant for Giannis. Um, but, you know, I mean, obviously his dominance uh, at this Eurobasket went way beyond anything we'd ever seen for Greece. You know, just the night-to-night consistency. Um, you know, he had a couple bad halves, but for the most part, you know, just put up monster numbers and, you know, FIBA play whatever could not slow him down. Greece's lack of shooting ultimately not ideal, but could not prevent him from putting up huge numbers and obviously carrying Greece as, as far as they went. So, you know, they just ran into a German team that just made everything. I mean, just the shooting numbers. Like, I don't know how you beat a team that, that shoots like that. I had flashbacks to game five of the NBA finals against the Suns. I think they went 13 of 19 in that game, right? They believe the Suns did. And at one point I think, Germany was 13 to 19 and I forget what they ended up with. They made some more threes after that, but I mean, you got to pretty much pitch an offensive perfect game to be competitive against a team like that. And the Greeks did not do that. And uh, you know, Giannis obviously wasn't at his best in the second half in particular, but I mean, still puts up, you know, big numbers and, you know, unfortunate that he gets kicked out um, for the the two unsports, which I didn't even really like understand what was happening. Again, like the whole right. FIBA rule stuff. Like I wasn't really sure how, like I thought he was getting like, at first I was like, wait, he's getting ejected just for that. And then, you know, I saw that it was because it were, he had two of them because he had that one random one early in the game. Yeah. So anyway, um, it obviously would have been a lot more painful if the game had been close when it happened. So on some level, it, you know, at least it wasn't, uh, at least the game was sort of already out of reach when, when it happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, Germany just did a, a great job. We talked about how important it was for Greece to switch in the previous game. And in this game, Germany just kind of ate them up, you know, when they switched smalls onto bigs, they just were really patient attacked mismatches. Schroeder did a great job getting to the rim when they had switches against big guys. And I mean, at the end of the day, they just made, they just made shots and they looked like a team that was playing at home with an extra day of rest against a Greek team that, especially in that second half, they just didn't look like they had any energy to kind of keep fighting. So you know, good job, good effort. Hope that maybe, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, again, it's always sort of the double-edged sword, fun to root for Giannis on the other hand. Um, also nice for him to have some rest during the summer. So, you know, again, putting back on my Bucks hat, nice that he made through healthy, obviously sat out a game, but, uh, you know, avoided any major injury and uh, hopefully again, can get back into his routine here for the rest of, you know, this month and training camp right around the corner, come into camp healthy and 
I don't think he's going to be pushed too hard in, in the preseason by the Bucs. They never do. But as we were discussing, they do have these two games in Abu Dhabi, in which I'm sure he will play uh, a decent <laughs> number of minutes. So, um, so yeah, onwards and upwards. And now we have uh, the NBA regular season to, to look forward to. So shout out to all the Greek fans and hope for a better result next time, whenever whenever that might be. Yeah, World Cup next year, Olympics the year after, as you mentioned. And uh, you said this is the best Giannis has ever played for Greece. Clearly, that's indisputable. But, uh, you know, he's on the pursuit to a, to chasing a player that I'd never heard of before this Eurobasket. Nick Garlis, the great Nick Garlis, as we've heard, obviously a legendary player in, in Greece. So that's what, that's what Giannis is chasing in a medal and whatever they could potentially do moving forward would obviously be great. But it's a reminder that you you have one superstar. It doesn't always work in this international play, particularly when these teams play such great team basketball. Uh, Luca wasn't able to get a medal in the Olympics. I bring that up because they finished fourth. Uh, he couldn't keep up with Patty Mills. It happens to the best of us. And uh, better luck next time for Luca. But we'll see. But we'll look forward uh, to next year. But as we move into the NBA now, big questions for the Bucks. I'll quickly mention our friends at betonline.net, which is, uh, as we know, the best place to go for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. Uh, but, but while we wrap up the Eurobasket chat, so as you mentioned, some of the big teams, some of the favorites are gone. So France is actually the favorite now at betonline.net. Rudy Gobert. Evan Fournier, plenty of NBA players on that French uh, roster. So they're plus 150, then Germany coming in second at plus 200. And as we saw the other day, it's a pretty talented German team. So I'd imagine, I'm not sure how many of our listeners want to really put themselves through watching the rest of Eurobasket, but I'd imagine it's going to be pretty entertaining basketball. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action that's bet online where the game starts. And if you want to cheer yourself up, uh, you can listen to Locked On and Bet Online Odds Makers present the NBA top 50 most valuable players starting on September 19th. And I don't want to give it all away, but there is a, a few bucks players that find themselves on this list. So find it on Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts uh, and on YouTube as well. A big question for the Bucks, Frank and. Sometimes it can be a little bit difficult. I just did a segment with Locked On Raptors and I said, you know, when the Bucks have an offseason like they've had, nothing really changes. <laughs> what, what are the big questions for this team? So we briefly discussed it and racked our minds and thought some of the things that we're curious about. What have you come up with? Um, well, first off, if you're looking for, for Bucks content, Zach Lowe and Chris Herring uh, had a pod the other day. Um, where they discuss the the Suns and and Bucks. Bucks are kind of toward towards the end, um, but it was kind of it was funny. It was like you know I mean, we're we're in our little Bucks bubble, um, and I, I did my annual season outlook with Nate Duncan on the Dunked On Pod, mm. which I don't know listen if to it's... that as well. Listen to Frank as well. A very very good information there. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know if they've released it in the free version yet. I know it was on the the, the Dunked On Prime, the subscription version. So yep. and of course, true to my form. It went for like an hour and a half, um, but it was, uh, it, you know, I always like talking to Nate about it, getting sort of a sanity check on it. Um, and, uh, and and so it's interesting, but we always sort of think about it so much. And, you know, in that pod, I, you know, Nate asked me, I mean, you know, we talked a bit about, well, what happens if Chris Middleton's healthy? And, you know, my view was, 
well, I think the Bucks probably win that series, right? I don't think they win it going away uh, if Middleton's healthy, but you know, do they win it six or seven times out of ten? Yeah, you know, I think I think they would have had to be favorites. I, I do think it's interesting. We talked a little bit about, you know, should they be favorites in the East this coming season? And, you know, I think as far as big questions go, that I almost have like a few that are kind of like interwoven. Um, but I, I think one thing I've just been thinking about, I mean, the, the amount of or the lack of turnover from last year to this year is pretty remarkable. And Zach and Chris in their pod uh, brought up a good point that, even though there isn't a lot of change in these kind of, you know, final roster from last year to the roster that's coming back this year. And again, Jordan Wara, who knows what happens with him, but you know, I don't think that's the biggest swing vote here. Um, Can we get back to the bustling sign and trade market? <laughs> but, um, but it is interesting that for instance, I mean, they spent so much of last season, obviously trying to figure out who's playing center with Brooke Lopez out, you know, they basically didn't have anybody, uh, other than Bobby and Giannis for bigs for the first month and a half. And then they signed Boogie, which always felt weird just because they don't typically sign those types of kind of controversial redemption arcs, former fallen star type guys. And obviously had some on-court success with him. It worked out probably reasonably well in that regard, but they opted to move on, which, you know, again, not that Boogie was going to save them against the Celtics. Um, and then they eventually trade for Serge, who obviously was, you know, Offensively pretty good. Defensively didn't look like he was necessarily there yet. We'll see, you know, maybe coming back from a healthy off season with he also was coming off at back surgery earlier than Brooke. Um, maybe he's got still something left in the tank, but you know, they will have better depth in terms of big man, you know, from the big man department going into the season for sure. Mainly because Brooke is knock on all the wood around me healthy and then you also do have Serge, who, you know, again, I think he probably has something left in the tank, at least from a regular season perspective. And you have Mamu, you know, what does Mamu have, right? Again, I don't know how that he'll have a ton of opportunities, but when injuries strike, hopefully he can show you that a really strong offseason, a strong Eurobasket, strong summer league, you know, all those things mean something, right? Um, but that said, you know, they didn't change change up much, right? I mean, they pretty much just added Joe Ingles and, and Marjan Beauchamp. Um, and I totally get it, right? Why why reinvent the wheel here? They didn't have a lot of flexibility to go and you know dramatically change their roster. Could they still make some sort of trade, right? We've talked a lot about George Hill and Grayson Allen. Is there some, you know, trade there, right? You know, Jordan Clarkson or, or some other move to kind of shake things up a little bit. They, they certainly could do that. Um, and I just, I do kind of wonder, I'm very curious how they come out to start this season. And we've seen it the last two years, obviously, the focus has not been on the regular season. It's not been on trying to run up wins in the regular season. They have paced themselves. And one thing I do think about is, A, can you get a little complacent in the regular season? And especially with the East being as good as it has been, you know, certainly in any I don't know how long it's been since the East, I think, was this talented and deep. But with, you know, Brooklyn still theoretically hanging around, Kyrie still trying to act like crazy and derail uh, what Brooklyn's doing. But Cleveland adding Donovan Mitchell, they're going to win a lot of regular season games. Could they win more regular season games in the Bucks? There's certainly versions of the world where I think that could happen, especially because I think they're going to want to win a lot of regular season games. And again, I don't know that the Bucks are going to 
necessarily have the interest level to, to really go all out. Um, so, you know, and, and Philly, I think will have a lot to prove. They've, I think, improved their roster. So I, I do kind of worry, like, there's the fact that you're sort of running it back and you're really just thinking like, okay, well, we just got to get back and then beat the Celtics or, you know, we just got to get back and prove it in the playoffs. Um, on the one hand, of course, it makes sense that you have that playoff first mindset. When they went to that mindset, the first year they did it, they weren't great in the regular season and then they went an NBA championship. So hard to argue with kind of the general premise of that, but especially with the East being deeper, we saw last year, they kind of take the, you know, take the regular season a little bit easy. And then they end up having to play on the road in a game seven in the second round and they lose. Right. And so that's kind of the, one of the questions I have is just, can they find the right balance? Um, I I'm surprised. I totally get why people say that they are like, you know, the Celtics and Bucks are like the top two teams in, you know, kind of in a tier of their own in the East in terms of winning the East, um, coming out of the East, going to the finals. I don't think it's by any stretch of the imagine. I don't know that they even should be favored to be a top two team in the regular season. Um, I'm really curious again, what Philly, what Cleveland in particular, who knows with Brooklyn, right? I mean, they're such a theoretical team at this point. I still feel like, the odds of them, you know, being in good shape at the trade deadline and just going for it and, you know, not having more turmoil is probably, you know, on the lower side. But, but again, there's just a bunch of good teams in the East. Um, and, uh, you know, Toronto, you mentioned talking to the Lockdown Raptors guys. Um, so, yeah, so I, I think long story short, I mean, I, I just do kind of wonder, are they going to win enough regular season games? Are they going to care enough in the regular season, um, especially with the East the way it is? And if, again, if by pr prioritizing the playoffs, do they potentially hurt themselves in the playoffs because they're going to be, you know, a three or four seed rather than a one or two seed. And again, only have maybe one round with home court. Um, and then, you know, we saw two years ago, they can win without home court. They did it twice uh, on the title run. So we know they're capable of it, but, you know, just always thinking of it, right? You got to win four playoff rounds stringing together four straight playoff wins, it's really hard. <laughs> and, you know, you hopefully get, you know, have a first round like they had last year or the year before, and you don't exert a ton of energy or, you know, risk losing in, in those scenarios. But um, from there on out, you're typically going to have dog fights and they're not going to be easy. And um, any, any kind of marginal advantage you get, you know, again, if you can, great. And uh, of course, selfishly also, you know, if they can be good in the regular season, also help Giannis's MVP odds, which... You know, I told you I was interested in Giannis's legacy, third MVP. I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be in for that too. So there's a couple of things that are interesting that I was thinking of as you were going through that. So just the motive. So the idea of just bringing everyone back uh, for a what is basically a fifth straight season, and there's been a few guys that have come in here, but all the key guys are the same for five straight years, and they've definitely changed the way that they've approached the regular season. I mean, Drew, the Drew Holiday trade like was a fundamental shift, obviously, right? But that's probably the one big disruption they've had during the Bud era. So I would say, yes, so, but they, right, yeah. five years. This is five years of the Bud era, and the core group has been mostly the same, with the exception of Drew coming in sort of halfway, and obviously that was essential. But yeah, um, compared to most teams, obviously they have been extremely, you know, high on the continuity scale.
Yeah, so if you're gonna so if you were gonna do anything major, you would have had to trade one of the well, you're not trading Giannis. So the other three pieces. So yeah. then you're absolutely changing everything that has made this team so stable for five straight years. But the first year it was brand new. So they're trying to win every game. The next year they're on pace to win 70 and then COVID hits. It gets thrown apart. Year three is like a revenge season and yes, Drew Holiday's there. Last year they're trying to go back to back. So I, I guess the, the question is how motivated are they to win all these games during the regular season? So I think it's fair. And then to your point about Cleveland, we know Chicago last year, the Bucks did pretty well against Chicago it's fair to say but they had a lot of injuries so if you think about the years previous where they were pushing into the high 50s 60s wins you had what what is it what does that work out to be 12 free wins with like with the with the Pistons the Cavs the Bulls and then you know the Pacers were kind of decent but the Bucks did well there so like the central division was just a mess where it's not the case anymore and while division titles whatever who no one cares but uh, you, you don't exactly have those free hits in the Eastern Conference, uh, to your point. So it might make it difficult to to push up into those high seedings if there is even just a few percentage points, you know, lacking of motivation. So it, it was nice. Got- it was nice when you could pencil in like fifteen and one <laughs> in your division every year, right? Like that was kind of a nice way to just start, well, right? Can, you know, you knew you could have like a fifteen and one record against your division, and then you know you had some margin of error against everybody else. Do you remember the great Jim Paschke? There was that season there where there was really nothing to... The Bucks were just winning. And he was just so fixated on the Central Division record because it was like the one thing that the Bucks kind of would... It was the only thing they really had to get out of the, out of the season, even though it was kind of a meaningless record. But yeah, look, they might still beat the Pistons by 40 points, so that'll be fun. But uh, we'll see, but... Do they still have Justin Robinson? Buck killer Wait. Justin Robinson? I don't, I, think, I don't think he's there anymore, so... He's playing yeah. in Australia. Oh, that's right. So yeah, so thankfully, Buck Killer Jason Justin Robinson is far away from from the Central Division at least. I haven't got his team projecting to do very well this season. Mm. Uh, no offense to uh, Justin, I'll see you. Uh, you never believed the way I did in Justin Robinson, Kane. I think that's the problem. People new to the podcast probably don't even know who Justin Robinson is. <laughs> but go back in the archives, and you'll be able to hear it. There's no doubt about that. So we've spoken about the guard position a lot. So again, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna move those four key pieces, which made sense that they weren't. And we've spoken mm-hmm. about the fact that next off season, they might need to make some moves. So what can they actually do? Yeah. They could add a scorer off the bench, a scoring point guard. They've never really had that. Um, a guy that would just, just can get you 20 points. He might give up 20, but can get you 20 points in the playoff game. So that's, that's one thing they could do. But my big question is with a guy like Bobby Porter, who they signed for four years, 48, 27 ish. Can he get any better? Like he was fifteen and nine last year, played twenty eight minutes per game. Really, did did a fantastic job with Brook Lopez out for the whole season. But Ken, because I don't know how they're going to manage Brook Lopez this year. I think it's going to be fascinating to see. You hope that he's healthy. So, can Bobby Portis actually be a guy that you move forward and say, "Well, we don't know what's going to happen with Brook Lopez. He's thirty five years old now. Can we actually get away with starting Bobby Portis?" And then all of a sudden, if you can. That contract is is a bargain for a starting center, or does he always be kind of the guy that's a valuable player and a, and a good NBA player, but comes off the bench? So, I, I, I Bobby Portis is someone I'm watching this year to see whether he's at his peak or whether there's anything else they can get from him because that would not only change this season and give you a pretty good feeling about being able to 
rest Brook Lopez through the season and see how it goes with him. But it might change what they're able to do next off season as well. So there isn't a lot of storylines, but I think that that's one of them, given that they they did make the commitment to extend him. Well, and if you want to talk about guys who, you know, the Bucks not taking the regular season that seriously, Bobby Portis will take the regular season seriously, yes. right? And exactly. and I think that honestly that's an important role that he has. I mean, we've we we've all seen it, right? Like these games when they're kind of screwing around at home against a team that they should be beating and maybe they go down, you know, eight in the first half or something, and it's like, okay, well, can we get like some some energy in this arena, like the fans are, you know, whatever, not not really, you know, getting ready to go uh, out to halftime and then show up midway through the third quarter or something. And um, and a lot of times, I mean, you know, Giannis obviously makes plays that I think even the most spoiled Bucks fans will get up and cheer. But <laughs> there is something about Bobby's energy and the way that he feeds off the crowd, the way the crowd feeds off of him. He was a guy that often was that kind of energizer, right? I mean, Chris and Drew, as good as they are, they're not the guys that are rah-rahing the crowd and getting the crowd oh, to, to, to get engaged. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I think Bobby's Bobby's interesting because on the one hand, I mean, sure, you can argue with, you know, his flaws being potentially problematic as far as, you know, how big of an impact he can make throughout, a, you know, a, a playoff run and, you know, the consistency that that he may not be able to deliver necessarily um, because of some of the defensive stuff in uh, in a playoff run. Ironically, his offense was really what was disappointing in the Celtics series, right? I think, mm-hmm. you know, with Grayson and Bobby, like if those guys just score at sort of average rates, um, I think maybe that series ends differently, but they just really struggled against the defense of the Celtics. And obviously they're not guys who are, you know, impact defenders or anything. But um, But yeah, I think it's, you know, hopefully we see just more of the same from Bobby and, you know, I mean, you you hate to just assume a guy's going to shoot forty percent from three every year because yeah. that's hard. Um, but I mean, that that's the guy he's been the last couple of years. Maybe he's not you know forty eight percent like it was a couple of years ago or forty six, whatever he was a couple of years ago. But I mean, I love that he shot more threes last year. And I think when you look at sort of, I mean, and in Bobby's Bobby basically, I think, I forget where it was, but he said something recently where it was like, I'm going to come in and you know basically acknowledging that Brooke Lopez is still the starter and he's, you know, gunning for six man, right. He's, he's not sitting there thinking like, Oh, I gotta, I want to, you know, I got to start. I think there's a clarity about what his role is at least in the short term, but you know, they were really good with him, with him and Giannis. I think they were plus 13 last year in a ton of possessions. There's no sample size issue with that. Um, They play really well together. Giannis can obviously cover for, you know, some of Bobby's shortcomings defensively and Bobby's a nice compliment to Giannis offensively because of his floor stretching and the, you know, I think just the comfort level the two of those guys have together. So yeah, he's really important. And, you know, just knowing that, Hey, we want to give Brooke Lopez a night off. I don't think you're going to necessarily in random, you know, random home games or not random home, random regular season games. I don't know that you miss like, you know, again, you always want Brooke there, but um, you can play a little bit differently. You can play a little more offensively oriented uh, and a little bit more, you know, active, a little more aggressive defensively with Bobby than you would with Brooke, who's obviously just excels uh, staying close to the rim. So, um, so I'm excited for Bobby. I think he deserves a ton of credit for, you know, the guy he's been the last two years and, um, you know, just a guy that you have to feel happy about not only for, you know, 
paying off the Bucks uh, with, you know, took less money to come to the Bucks, helps deliver a, an NBA championship, takes yeah. less money to stay with the Bucks, and then gets his big payday and has been really good in the regular season and just, you know, everything you could hope. He was, um, I think he was at uh, um, this event today uh, visiting, I think, Feeding America. Um, or what was it? Maybe that was a few weeks ago. But basically, I mean, I think he was, he was pledging to, um, to donate, I think, like $25,000 um to you know basically feed feed people in southeastern wisconsin who you know don't have the means necessarily so um you know just a a guy who's become just a, a really good player and an a plus guy in the community as well so i mean you know we can argue the how much of an asset he is on that specific contract but i mean if he's as valuable as he has been the last couple of years again 13 million bucks 12 million bucks that's really not not too much of a price to pay, especially given the fact that he's not a guy you could have replaced. Well, and you, well, unless I dreamt this, which is actually possible because I never double checked it, but I think in my sleep last night, I, a notification came up about a new CBA. So uh, it's peanuts. The contract is peanuts. What's a, what's $12 million a year in, in a couple of years time. I think it's, it's not, uh, I don't think it's an overpay. No, I mean, he, you know, and the cap's going to be going up. I think another protection yeah. was another $10 million next year. I mean, yeah, it's kind of funny, right? Just given the Bucks don't have, you know, a lot of flexibility to do other stuff other than retain their own guys. Um, <laughs> you know, again, what was the alternative? Like, there really wasn't much of an alternative to re-signing Bobby. Uh, and as you said, I mean, the cap's going to continue to go up. So... In terms of the value of that contract, I mean, he would have to really fall off dramatically to to be, you know, an albatross on that deal. And um, hopefully, hopefully, we don't have to have any of those types of discussions. As you said, his age, you know, he's still a guy that maybe you don't expect to get a lot better or much better. But if he just is this player, that's good enough. And I think when it just comes down to matchups and you know, do shots fall in the playoffs, which you know, sort of the recurring theme, right? That that's probably the other. And the perpetual question for the Bucks is, can the Bucks shooters actually make shots in the playoffs? And, you know, again, obviously the, the Celtics series is one of maybe even the most brutal uh, version of that uh, question being raised that we've seen yet, especially without Chris Middleton, just the offense grinding to a halt. And, you know, again, hopefully Kane, your guy, Joe Ingles, maybe you can give a shot in the arm in that regard. But mainly you're just hoping that good health, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, Giannis, all being on the floor together and, the the rest of these guys doing just something close to what we know they're capable of doing, whether it's Bobby Grayson Allen, Joe Ingles, or whatever. Well, the fact that Chris Milton wasn't there made those missed threes even more painful because you're like, it's all we need, just a couple of threes, and we can sneak out of this. And who knows? Actually, no one really knows if Chris would have played. He had a broken wrist or whatever the hell he was dealing with yeah. as well. Ligament injuries there. So anyway, we're moving forward. But let us know your big questions and we'll be able to run through some more over the next couple of weeks uh, before we get back into post-game pods when the preseason starts. Uh, and then it has to be, what is what is the date today? Middle of middle of September, 16th here in Australia. So yeah, month till the, till the NBA season starts. So it's going to go pretty quick. We're looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Locked On NBA podcast as well. So listen to that because uh, there's plenty going on around the league. Uh, and until then, enjoy the weekend. Drink many drinks from your Milwaukee Bucks cup. Cross, as, uh, cross, we're crossing fingers for Bears versus Packers that the Packers can get their asses back in gear and 
don't defend lose their the honor against it's flat our... out embarrassing just beat the bears as they say i mean give them the chicago bulls treatment is what i say that's right beat them down who's going to be the grayson allen someone step up <laughs> for the packers for goodness sake all right we'll speak to you guys next weekend please do your best to enjoy the packers